Okay, let's have a little chat, a little talk with the birds. Um, specifically a cardinal. Even though it looks a little too small. I don't think that's a cardinal. It's red, but not completely red. Anyways. Side note. You know how there's different calls for birds? And if you don't know what it is by looking at it, you just have to listen to the song. And then there used to be like a book in the 90s. I, I at least grew up with it. And I could just push a button in the book and it would play the song. And then as a kid, when you're walking around having a life actually playing outside, you'd hear these calls and you would be able to identify what was around you. I need to get back into that. So, a few thoughts on Pluto. Minor level research, nothing major, because I really wanted to get into the Medusa part two. Now, I may have mentioned this prior in episode um, Medusa part one. I believe that was episode six or five or something. Probably five. Um, I mentioned the astronomer hopefully I did, um, who found asteroid Medusa. It was a French astronomer. During Virgo season, he discovered asteroid Medusa. This French astronomer happened to be a Sagittarius. And there's some links to that with my own astrology. I have Medusa in Sagittarius. It is conjunct my ascendant by uh, three degrees. And Pluto is conjunct my ascendant from the 12th house by eight degrees. So, um, (sighs) the world beyond the unconscious. Depth psychology. I can't remember this man's last name, Alfred something, but along with Carl Jung and um, Sigmund Freud, there's this guy by the name of Alfred. I can't remember his last name right now, but the one that like most people don't remember, <laughs> um, including me. Those are the three names that really start off this um, <clears throat> thing called depth psychology, which is very, very Plutonian. It's very eighth house. It's 
it's very 12th house. It's anything that's unconscious. Anything that is collectively not known, which is way more than what is known, always. And... This morning I woke up and made myself some rose coffee from a place in Brooklyn, New York, which I don't know if it's French or something else, but I pronounce it in French because I speak French and I recognize it as French, but, you know, even I'm a little rusty. When it comes to practicing languages, but um, this company is called Devotion, and I really don't think it's French, but that's how I'm pronouncing it. And if you'd like to get really good coffee, and if you like to make your own cold brew and not spend so much at coffee shops, I definitely highly recommend their coffee. They have a location in Brooklyn and in Midtown Manhattan. Um, so, yeah, definitely get into that. So I'm making my coffee. And I'm scrolling back through photos in my phone to just to do it, I guess. I really like taking pictures, so I'm just doing what I usually do, which is looking through images. Um, Meanwhile, thinking about taking a walk and knowing that I have not put out the Medusa part two from the part one. And I'm knowing that most of the reason is because Per usual, like any artist, sometimes um, the great work doesn't really get done until you do a great deep level of feeling through an emotion or two or five. <laughs> Depth psychology is like talking to the core of who you are, but on a mental level. And at some point, you will arrive at a knot or five and notice that you have to punch through that wall. You can't just show up to it and look at it and talk to yourself about it and point at stuff and identify stuff and then claim you're healed and you're happy and you're feeling better. Especially if you gaslight yourself like I sometimes do and you start naming reasons why you should be grateful, which is just another way of running away from what is probably still hurting you. Um, This kind of work, personally speaking, is not new to me. I've been doing it before I actually knew the depth of where the trauma was coming from. I've been doing this all my life. As an adoptee, me saying that, if you're an adoptee, You already know what I'm talking about. Um, If you're an immigrant, 
You, you know what I'm talking about. It's not about just changing environments multiple times and really activating parts of your psyche so that you can heal other parts of your psyche. Um, it's also the risk, the trust involved with risking your safety when you're alone in between moments of absolute chaos and unfathomable grief and whatever it is that is coming to mind when I talk, there's this really, really, really um, deep-seated life within the cells of the body, my body, your body, that experiences every thought, every feeling you move through, that you take yourself through. So this is why the monk life really appeals to me, but I can't go that extreme. It's such a deep desire, but I know if I go hard on the monk life and I just never move, my body will be pissed. You got to move. This isn't new knowledge. It's not some big brainiac comment. Everybody knows you must move the body. You can't just sit around and let the muscles get weaker, right? Like the skeleton become taxed, so to speak. So along life and a physically good feeling life has a lot to do with moving the body around because on a core level if you were to just know that you need to move the body around it would be the equivalent of staring at that wall staring at that block staring at that mental awareness you have of a wound and saying something like well I know I know what it is therefore I'm going to be okay because I'm I'm self-aware um So without any action, that self-awareness becomes the villain against yourself. And that's what becomes the argument. And at some point, you're going to project that out somewhere to someone, hopefully not anyone you love, but can you really help it at a certain point? You, You don't really know that you're doing it at a certain point. A lot of that is happening right now um, because of not just the Pluto ingress into Aquarius, which people have been talking about for like three fucking years. And that's fine. I don't know why I said it with that attitude. Maybe just when things are talked about so much, just like music, I tend to just not listen, um, even if I'm intrigued interested because I just don't want so much affecting my I don't I don't want a bias I don't want to it's hard to to not have one by simply by being alive and seeing whatever you see and having a, a cell phone 
you know, you're going to see stuff, um, hear things. But similar to a monk life when everything is quiet, it's just you and that wall. And so if there is something you need to listen to, it's probably not popular. Certainly not to you. But it also, um, if you can get into it, it will feel like a new version of what used to be new news. It's like knowing you should go outside and receive the sun on your skin, but not doing it. And then you crack through whatever that sticky, consistent energy is. And you, frankly, it's pretty cheesy, but you do have to depend on self-respect and self-love to crack through that, you know. So, when it comes to relating any of this to Medusa in real life, like having it in your chart in a very pronounced way, like it is for me and probably people who listen to me, to be honest, you likely have um, a strong Pluto imprint in your chart or a Medusa imprint or some form of goddess that is seen as only dark even though she's constantly eradicating evil in a very obvious way it's no secret what Lilith is up to it's no secret what Kali Ma is up to Um, it's, it's technically no secret what Medusa in the myth was up to and women who go through experiences that echo the stories of what that myth is saying in real life naturally it makes me think of Gossip Girl the the 2007 show not the new one Um, but it it also is is similar to Euphoria I believe I mentioned that in Medusa Part 1 because it's like the new age version of high emotion and chaotic drug life um teenage years right like it like that's what it's about i mean it's about so much more obviously it's about relationships and um i never saw the show so i'm really just saying what i've been able to see in clips kind of like peaky blinders and eventually I end up watching the show because it's in my it's showing up in the algorithm and it's just begging me to watch it I never actually watched Euphoria but I did watch Peaky Blinders highly recommend I don't want to go off on a tangent but I really could because that show really is that good but I'm, I'm just gonna gonna stay focused 
all the mutable moods. Let me just let me just try to stay focused on Pluto. So I'm making my coffee, start drinking it, sit down, moving through the photos on my phone, and I end up on a chart that I screenshotted of Pluto's discovery. So, what I find quite interesting is Pluto, the day Pluto was discovered by a man named, what was his name, damn. Let me go to my little folder. Oh, there it is. Clyde Tombaugh. Right, so there's this uh, thing called the Blink Comparator. 19 years after that was invented and created to help astronomers find things. Clyde Tombaugh used it to discover Pluto. It was 1930 at the time. And fun fact, the day before the spring equinox is when he discovered it. I find that to be interesting considering we already passed that day. Not spring equinox, I'm sorry. Uh, Pisces season, February 18. Spring equinox is March 19, March 20. A lot of birds are showing up. I don't have any bird food to give, but they're here. Anyways. Clyde Tombaugh uses something called the Blink Comparator to find Pluto. 1930, Pisces season. Okay. Early Pisces season, give or take. Actually, is February 18th Pisces season? Sorry, I'm going somewhere with this, but I gotta be accurate. Yeah, it's not. Aquarius season, lol. So Pisces season, when does that start? Is it the 19th? Talking to myself out loud, typical Gemini shit. Yep, Pisces. Okay, I was off by a day. Oops. So this man finds Pluto on the last day of Aquarius season in 1930. And he uses... um. this, I don't know what to call it, invention, um, called the Blink Comparator. Just find that to be an interesting name, and just, that's what he uses to find something like Pluto. I'm just saying it's interesting. Blink Comparator. Mm Mm-hmm. So, 
I could go off on a whole tangent about that, but I want to stay on flow. In 1902, a man named Percival Lowell suggests that there is existence of a ninth planet. So, this is me uh, quoting directly from the Lowell Observatory website. Quote, In the course of studying Mars and attempting to prove the presence of intelligent life there, Percival familiarized himself with the rest of the known planets and the solar system in general. His research led him to suggest in 1902 the existence of a ninth planet based initially on the perceived relationship between the orbits of planets and meteor showers as well as with comets. So he publishes these ideas the following year um, and the way people are thinking about how to prove that there are new planets ever that seems to be changing at least for him um, but he's he's certain that whatever it is which is Pluto but before they name it like he's pretty sure that it's there he's 100% certain certain not pretty sure but 100% certain he's seen what he's seen and it's there okay cool so then you have um the observatory that gets created and at some point sorry I'm reading this I'm trying to find the right paragraph whatever at some point this man creates an observatory if I'm understanding this correctly and he acquired more appropriate telescopes and then ends up purchasing this thing called a blink comparator so before it's called Pluto, he's calling it Planet X. There's all this effort to try to find something that he knows is there, but he needs evidence. He needs time. So he's continuing this mathematical observational approach and he's doing this for a really long time, but before he could get whatever he needed to get to prove what ends up being proven by uh, Clyde Tombaugh, he dies in 1916. So 19 years after the blink comparator is purchased, invented, created, Clyde ends up finding Pluto and he uses it to do that. So Pluto is in Aquarius now. Pluto was found during Aquarius season, the last day of Aquarius season. I just think that's, you know, just an interesting parallel. 
And um, there's theory in astrology that points toward Pluto being... um, What is the term? Not... It's home in in Scorpio, but... um, Exalted, I believe, is the term. So there's talk about... I mean, I don't, I don't know how common this theory is. I think there's plenty of disagreements that go with it, but essentially that Pluto is exalted in Aquarius. And there's a lot of sense for that, other than just making the technology uh, point. There's something about that Uranus higher octave of mercury that isn't needed to go deep mentally speaking um the eighth house pluto vibes scorpio vibes it's all very um psychological right and if pluto's going to be exalted in something some other zodiac sign other than Scorpio being its home. I understand the argument for it being Aquarius. You know, around this time of 1930, that timeline of the last day of Aquarius season, Clyde is finding what is beyond Neptune and it seems people really don't know how to understand um, that, that there is something beyond Neptune that there is something orbiting although it's not in a perfect circle uh, obviously you know but Pluto's quite erratic, which is also why Aquarius and Uranus, that that vibe, that shocking, kind of random, but super intelligent, like, energy is, it's very electric, it's very, um, you know, it's like a zappy intelligence, it's very, um, like, Gemini's quick-witted, but Aquarius is, like, quick conclusions, and just wants it to get right, be right, like just wants to correct it and be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is, this is actually what that means and this is true and this is, let's just do the calculation to make sure, let's back it up in this way and that way and this way and that way. It's also very Plutonian. Um, and then you've got the fixed sign vibe going as well. Scorpio and Aquarius, right? So, I'm sipping my coffee, and I'm finding the chart of the day Pluto was discovered by Clyde Dombaugh using the blink comparator. And all these little, you know, terms are... um, I'm finding to be, like, on a basic level, perfect, 
alignment. You know, when things are meeting up in a certain way and you're like, yes, of course. Oh, yes, but of course that would be, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you just are like, okay, I obviously need to process this out loud. Because although I wasn't planning on recording Medusa Part 2, I am. So I'm just going to go with it, even though I would really like to cook breakfast right now. Um, <laughs> what matters is... Well, oh, what the fuck? Sorry, I'm outside and two lizards are just attacking each other. Damn. I don't think I've ever seen that. What the hell? Whoa. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyways. Sorry, I mean, like, if that's happening in front of you and you're in the middle of a whole vibe and there's just two lizards, I'm sorry. Like, okay. It's bit, okay. Broke my focus. Just gonna reel it in, but to be honest, I can't even watch if I'm gonna focus. What the, what the actual fuck is going on? I've never seen that in my life. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm clearly so entertained, but you know, I'm just gonna, um. Yeah, back on topic. Jesus. Why? Why? When I'm talking about Pluto, are two lizards attacking each other? Why? I know why. But also. Dang, brother is just trying to go away. Why are you fucking stalking him like that? This has to be the most Pluto shit I've ever seen in my life. Also, it literally just goes with everything I was talking about. How when things come together and you're like, oh, yes, of course, like this whole moment right now. Can you name a day ever in your life where you've seen two lizards go at it? I feel like I need to be on my Pluto shit, which is very natural of me. Like, I gotta document it, otherwise no one's gonna believe me. <laughs> which is also very Medusa. Oh my god. It's a, it's a legitimate one-on-one -on -one battle. Like, I'm not even trying to be funny. Even though this is funny. I don't know what happened between them. <laughs> but... I don't know who's defending what. I don't know who's the victim. I don't know if they both are just terrible and they're just mad and angry, but okay. Mm-hmm. You know, Pluto, sorry, Scorpio is ruled by, by Pluto, but also why? I'm sorry, they're both, like, truly matching up. This is insane. Like, they go at it, and then they move 
away from each other and then they go completely perfectly parallel they both start doing those weird ass push-ups which i think is a response to sun or or i don't know mating i don't fucking know what the hell and they're circling each other it's it's literally a duel okay well y'all figure that out just gonna do over here so these lizards are to be honest a very uh scorpio pluto mars vibe right like scorpio what am i saying um scorpio Mars and Scorpio and Pluto and Scorpio are very like divine, powerful placements that are comfortable and at their best. Um, there are other placements that work pretty well as well, but those are, are pretty ideal. Those are great places to have Mars, great places to have Pluto, um, to have it in Scorpio. And, you know, Mars is aggression. Mars is, if I'm not mistaken, uh... I think it's in Aquarius right now. Today, it's February 27th. And I mean, if I want to double check, I guess I can, but... Give me a moment. I basically just wanted to say, like, everything that has anything to do with Pluto and Mars is basically being exhibited by this weird-ass duel between two lizards out of nowhere right after I say everything I was saying about alignments and saying, oh yes, of course, that would be happening as this is happening, and this is coming together while this is coming together, and everything is fitting, everything is making sense. At some point, it's inevitable the evidence is going to show up. Assuming that whatever you have going on is not enough evidence for whatever reason. Um, So, you know, this happens every time I fucking record something also, just by the way, I really can't make this shit up. Which is also why I wish I could film while I'm talking. Which I can, but it would just be shaky and then I'd have to worry about doing too many things at the same time. Plus, I'm a Gemini. I have notes. Okay. So, what day is it? It's the 27th? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mars is in Aquarius right now. All right, cool. So Pluto and Mars are both in Aquarius right now. And, okay, I need to not look at them. I'm sorry. They're attacking the fuck out of each other. Ooh, the energy is hot. Okay. Okay. So I just want to say, like, there's great opportunity for healing simply because Chiron and the North Node have been conjunct, um... I don't actually know when the conjunction first happened, but it was before the full moon in Virgo. It doesn't promise you like perfect healing, but um, it's abrupt moments, abrupt healing, like random little moments where you're, you're just realizing that you're still deeply hurt by something and you need to break through that wall that I mentioned earlier. And this... Pluto and Aquarius, Pluto, um, Pluto vibes, the Pluto chart I was looking at, 
and how it connects back to Medusa and the themes of, well, of what Pluto and Mars are about, which is, for me, I have Pluto and Scorpio, so when I talk about Scorpio, I know I'm referencing some Martian energy that's that's in the mix regardless. Um, what's interesting right now is that There's there's this energy of being like really pushed to figure out what is in alignment with your talent and what is in alignment with your healing and trying to make both of those things help you out with something. But there's like a momentum behind it and it's picking up and people are getting a little like antsy for healing and like needy for it you know but it's people are figuring it out in ways that are abrupt like they're not really walking into it holding hands with their healing like they're being like shoved into it like it's very plutonian um very aggressive but not because anyone's trying to hurt you you know I've said this to some, um, oh, that was loud. I've said this to people I've done readings for, okay. I don't like loud noises, can you tell? I've told them time and time again, because as a Plutonian, as a Pluto conjunct ascendant. And the Medusa myth is very Plutonian, so there's there's that too. But um, Pluto really, 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 really cares about your emotions. Um, so it doesn't really give a fuck about your feelings. What I mean by that is you need to feel your emotions. Emotions are more like fixed Scorpio energy and feelings are more like Piscean Neptune energy feelings are like this divine somewhat disorderly way of figuring out nothing while you're busy feeling it's not about depth psychology it's not about pluto and for anyone who has pluto in the 12th house even if it's not the way mine is where it's conjunct the ascendant so i i deal with it in both houses the first and the 12th because it's yeah i'll get into that later but um That's what you are dealing with. You're constantly confronting the the um, the reason is not always obvious, but feeling your emotions without so much mental pressure going on, you know, like activity in your mind and trying to like like your brain needs a break and your mind is not wanting to give your brain a break because you're focused on investigating and focused on 
going deep psychologically and you're just like so obsessed and fixed on trying to pinpoint that really foggy murky thing that you can see very clearly but if you were to make a claim nobody's gonna believe you just can't prove it there's a lot about being a human being that you will never be able to prove this is where Scorpio and Pisces can agree when it comes to the truth they know that they know that oftentimes Scorpio energy is deeply aware of a very complex um, layered level of separate things coming together and creating friction in the fragments of who it is that you believe you are and who it is that you actually are and then who it is that you want to be that you are not yet it's like very aware of all of it and more than what I'm saying like that's not even everything and so is Pisces by the way this is where they connect though they connect on how they define truth how they how they really understand truth versus facts neither of those signs are that concerned with facts Scorpio will care about it for the purpose of logic and the purpose of mathematics and the purpose of knowing that people aren't going to believe you anyway and not just because that's what you want to believe, but because it's the nature of, of humanity. If you can't prove it, no one will waste their time trying to believe you. You know, it's almost like the masses know that it's not convenient to believe something terrible is happening. But Scorpio will be similar to Pisces, the ones to say, okay, but like it's still happening though, so... Just because you don't want to believe it doesn't mean it's not happening. This world is, is extremely, extremely metaphysical. Multidimensional, as are you. And your human timeline is just that. It's a timeline and, you know. It's not everything. But it, ma- it, it matters. So. With Chiron and the North Node and Aries. And this deep push to heal. And this, not deep push, but this um, kind of aggressive. Um, pushy way to, to just like get on with it. Just feel your emotions. Like, come on, let's go. Like, we have amazing things to get done and and all the reasons that you know you should be grateful are real and and you should go into that direction and it's like right but we're all really fucking traumatized so both matter and yes I agree with both and everything in between and everything that's not being said and blah 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 
you know? It's very 12th house. Um, now, the thing with the 12th house is that you've got the collective, the human collective, not just like your own generation, but you can, you can uh, understand it in layers in that way. So anyone who has Pluto in the 12th house is going to kind of... I mean, when I say what I found out and what I noticed and remembered, because this is probably why I took the screenshot in the first place, um, you're going to feel a really deep sense of um, this imprint, this Plutonian imprint. The, The day that that man discovered Pluto was this, uh, what am I saying? Yeah, okay, in the chart of the day Pluto was discovered, Pluto was in the 12th house. The day I was born, Pluto was in the 12th house. Not only was Pluto in the 12th house, but it was in a water sign. It was not in Scorpio, but it was in Cancer. So, um, it it goes deep, it goes deep, you know, it's, um, it's a lot, it's a lot. On the last day of Aquarius season in 1930, Pluto is in the 12th house in the zodiac sign of Cancer, and... Um, (laughs) there's something to be said about how perfect that is um, but it's equally as terrifying because the thing that you cannot find is being found while it's in the 12th house of lost items of the unseen of the metaphysics of the collective unconscious, right? So a lot of people who have Pluto in the 12th house, your healing requires you to be led by your soul in a really intense, somewhat controlling manner. Like you refuse to do this or that and and it's because of X, Y, and Z, and it all boils back down to your soul. And if it feels like you're going against your soul, you basically give up, you don't do it, you refuse this or that. And, and that comes across very intense to people who, even without Pluto in the 12th house, it's great advice. Why are, why are you fighting your own soul while you're a human being? What the fuck is the point of that? But again, like, Pluto is deeply, deeply, deeply investigative. It will find the answer. And if it's not obvious, we don't care. It will, it will find us. It will find us. I will find it. It will find me. Someone connected to it will find me. Then I will talk to them. And they will lie to me and it won't matter because I'm still going to figure it out. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Now, Pluto... 
what I mean by it doesn't matter, it meaning anything unconscious that is projected to a 12th house. So people who have sun in the 12th house really understand this. Um, especially like sun, moon, you know, Neptune, Pluto, any any planet you have in your 12th house is the 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 deeper and the better you know your own shadow and as often as you can integrate it whenever it wants to show up on the surface and that is a moment for you to just allow it in and let yourself blend you know um it's it doesn't mean that the evils of the world will not be projected at you. And it doesn't mean that the shadow of anyone, of anything, anywhere, will not be um, pulling you into the crossfire of their own misdirected self-attacks. A lot of people are running away from themselves right in front of me. That's a Pluto in the 12th house thing to say. But everybody can relate to that. It's just about, are you seeing the soul issues? Or are you just like focused on what they were wearing when they were doing it? Like, is, is this surface level or is this soul level? Because Pluto really doesn't give a fuck about the surface. Because everybody can see that. I've met people in my life when I was a teenager, throughout my 20s, middle school, where I just, uh, having Pluto in a Piscean house is like, I'm not meeting you, I'm meeting your soul. This is why I have to be picky about who I even shake hands with in the first place. There are people who want to hug, and I'm like, I would really rather fucking not, to be honest. Like, sorry, but I'm really not that sorry about that. I'm sorry that you you know, are going to have a ridiculous reaction to why I don't want you to touch me. That's very common. It's also a Medusa imprint, too. But, um, you know, sun, sun in the 12th house probably feels this as well. Like, just that specific aspect of people want to be, like, touchy with you. Like, people you don't know. People you've never met. People when you're just walking down the street. Um, so the day Pluto is discovered on the last day of Aquarius season it's in the 12th house so with that said let me just show I can't show you but I can at least tell you what I'm seeing uh, let's go back. Okay. <sighs> so the the day Pluto is discovered, the ascendant is in Leo at three degrees. Right. Pluto is opposing Saturn. It's trining the Moon. It's squaring Uranus. It's semi-squaring Neptune. It's in a pretty nice symbiotic mood with the North Node. 
and then it's also squaring the midheaven. So for Pluto in Cancer, the, this is the chart of the day Pluto is discovered. You know, February 18, 1930. That doesn't mean that it wasn't there before we figured out it was there. Right? So this is just one layer of meaning. This is not everything. Even the way I'm talking, I have Mercury in the 8th house where Pluto is home to. So, I mean, just the way I talk is probably shouldn't be that just saying that it's like this is just how I talk um because I I always know like the birth chart for Pluto's discovery is exactly what it is it's for Pluto's discovery the day a human figured it out and could prove like oh it's actually there So, before you could figure out it was there, it had to be there. So, you know, it just, it's all, all of this is so Plutonian. Like, just because I met you in June doesn't mean that I didn't already sense you were on your way that you were already around the corner that you know like and the 12th house is when it comes to dreams um like when you're asleep not the ones that you act on when you're awake yeah so with pluto in the 12th house you're seeing the shadow of the human collective i see wars in my dreams of different races just killing each other. And then I look it up and I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. There's an actual war going on between the people that resemble the people in my dreams. Okay. So there's this angst that will build like a Kurt Cobain Nirvana vibe, you know, Rage Against the Machine vibe where you're just like okay being deeply aware all the time about everything going on and everything that's not going on and always having unlimited mental capacity to to be open always right to to what's not necessarily human it's like the mind is just so busy relentlessly busy in a fixed Scorpio way it's just so fucking busy and Pluto and Scorpio generation you know they understand me saying that but the day Pluto is discovered I would just say the house placements are what pull me in the most. You know. It's the, like I said, the last day of Aquarius season and the moon is in Scorpio. In the fourth house. 
Pluto is in Cancer in the 12th house. And yet in astrology, it's not dependent upon just a chart when Pluto is discovered. You know, it's like Pluto is given the the zodiac of Scorpio, not Cancer. Right, the moon is usually in alignment with the zodiac sign of Cancer because it denotes the fourth house and much else that I, again, want to not go into because I can't go into so many different um, tangents and stuff. But yeah, you know, looking into. My experiences as a Medusa ascendant, but also this Plutonian, you know, I'm, I'm like an instrument of Pluto. I'm, I'm a, I think his name is Edwin Steinbrecher. Oh, I hope I'm remembering and pronouncing it right, but on... This girl named Stephanie, I think is her name, she has a website called Higher Self Communications. And anyone who's like genuinely just already into astrology and already doing your own thing, and like you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, there those of us who are into that, I, w- I would suggest going on there because. Um, she discusses alien charts alien meaning like everything that Edwin taught her she learned and then she took it to a different level and you know is incorporating more details and going into depth with it in different ways whatever so on her website higher self communications I can't remember her last name but I'm pretty sure her first name is Stephanie I hope that's right but she studied under a man named Edwin Steinbrecher, and he discusses alien charts of human beings, like that you are some, I mean, not everybody has this in their chart, but sometimes you can progress into having an alien construct. I was born with one. So um, not everybody is, is born with one, but mine, <laughs> of course, is Plutonian. Um, because Pluto is conjunct my ascendant, so I am an instrument of Pluto. That's where that verbiage was coming from. I just want to give credit to that because um, yeah, it's metaphysical. It's very fucking layered. It's not to say that I'm not a human being, but it is to say that my experience as a human being is very different than than people who don't have any kind of alien construct. And so it, without being all repetitive, um, it isolates you a lot. And having any planet in the 12th house is a focus on isolation in ways that pertain to that planet and... 
understanding where the projection from the outside, especially if you if it's a generational planet, like you have to look at that. In some ways, a lot of great, amazing work can get done with people in your own generation. But if you have Pluto in the twelfth house, like I do, then people in your Pluto generation are constantly, whether they know it, accept it or not, their shadow is constantly being projected. Their involvement in your life is more ther- like needing of therapy than anything else. It's more of like what you're coming to my presence for is I don't even have words for it, but it's very demanding. It's very all-consuming. It's Pluto. And because it's the 12th house, um, one reason why I'm grateful that Pluto is conjunct my ascendant is that I, ha- I have to be aware. Like, I, ha- I, on a personal level, am naturally... St- I, like, I like to study myself. I like to heal. I like to actually go deep into what has fully traumatized the fuck out of me and just learn, transform, and try not to be frustrated when I know I have to keep doing it because Pluto in the 12th house is... is I don't. W- I just don't wish that on anybody. Like I really don't have words. For- Most people don't have words for it. It's not to say like you're the most traumatized person on the planet, and you should be a victim because you are. A vi- it's not that. It's more like you are the sole creator of. solutions that will actually work so if you try to get healing from just like a talk therapist it's just not gonna do it it's not gonna do much for you and I'm not saying that because I have Pluto in the 12th house and I've tried it I mean I'm speaking from personal experience but I'm also speaking from just basic astrology intermediate level uh, daily practice of astrology you know I'm just speaking from like a intuitive standpoint like a very metaphysical standpoint where it's pretty obvious that that doesn't fucking do anything it just doesn't it's such a minor difference that it makes that it's not enough it's not going to work because it doesn't work it doesn't go deep enough we already talk to ourselves in our head we already do that we talk to ourselves in our dreams We are shown what people are doing behind our backs in our dreams. We see what the collective is doing in other countries than the one we live in in our dreams. We see bloody wars and gunfire and power structures, but like the wars that they create and we see you know, just insane asylums, you know, that's 12th house too, like mental asylums and conversations that are happening in other states 
that I don't actually live in with people that are not even in my life. I see those conversations. I hear them. I, I find out about them while I'm asleep. And they get confirmed by people in real life, but it not right away. Right? So you can imagine, how do you stay sane if you're afraid to sleep? How do you feel comfortable being human if most of your experiences are unexplainable, unfathomable, and the people closest to you don't understand how you're alive? They don't understand that they genuinely, deeply care for you and truly are having a really hard time as someone who's outside of your experiences and your whatever your life experiences and they they have a hard time like they will forever not be able to comprehend the realities you've moved through survived healed portions of as much as you can as you move forward Pluto in the 12th house, the day Pluto is discovered, come on, I really can't make that shit up, that's the essence of a Pluto in 12th house is like, the day you figure out at all, even just a smidgen of where I'm at, and what I'm doing, and how I live, and, and, and the, the 12th house fucking bullshit that is never stopping, it's, it's mutable as well, right, like 12th house is mutable, no matter what sign you have it in, no matter what sign your Pluto is in, in the 12th house, there is this like, the veil is, is translucent, it's not a wall. I can't tell you how many dreams I've had where I'm at places and I'm seen through the walls. Like, it's not that fucking hard. And then I also know that on a less personal level, I can look to, because it's Pluto, I can look to technologies in the world and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, they already created that technology. It might not be in every neighborhood in America, but they're already seen through your fucking house. And they're, they can watch your body do whatever you're doing inside your house, your apartment, your condo, your mansion. You have to live on a fucking island if you want privacy. If it, I mean, it's not at that point, but it's not going to take long. Nobody has the money to be living on an island for privacy. And again, what else does that do? It just isolates. So I've been, I've, before the technology became super obvious, like the current genocide that's happening in uh, Gaza has brought some light to this as well, but the technology they have to destroy any population they're in the mood to destroy for whatever resources, Pluto, whatever resources they want, right? Whatever power, Pluto, whatever power they wish to 
force, and the money, Pluto, eighth house, Scorpio, that's Pluto shit, money, banks, uh, what actually, like the, the, the power behind any empire is intertwined deeply with Pluto. How well is inter- is it intertwined? I mean, I mean that I'd have to look at a thousand charts and like go through different timelines and go th- back through different ages and whatever. But you get hopefully you get my point. Like this all comes back to Medusa. It gets into the Gossip Girl world of petty, petty power dynamics, of bullying and. A- assaults and rape culture and attacks on people who aren't even involved with your psychological problems they just happen to walk by when you were pissed off and you didn't have the self-awareness to not attack them because you're in a mood or there's something about them that you wish you were and now you have a fucking problem with them and they don't even know your name they've never met you It's stuff like that that Pluto and the 12th house people go through. Now, if it's conjunct your ascendant, then it's more like what I'm going to talk about because that brings me to Medusa. This is first house shit. Like, your actual physical body, where you're at on a daily basis because your 12th house is opposite your 6th house, your daily life, your health, you know? Just imagine being able to know that shit is going to happen and then you're just supposed to be healthy about it. Pluto is not about like fun things. It's not a it's not Venus. This is not about love and light, bitch. I'm seeing everything that's dark when I'm trying to rest. The psychological stress is not coming from not having a solution. It's usually coming from trying every solution in the book and doing your best to be devoted to it and it's not fucking working. And you just want something to work. You just want something that sticks and doesn't abandon you eventually. You want you want that Venus experience but for your psyche and you fight hard for it and there's a collective unconscious that's constantly casting its shadow onto you so when you express yourself there's a lot of polarity a big sway between one side and the other even though it's plutonian which is we think to be fixed, it's not. It's erratic energy. Scorpio is fixed. Aquarius is fixed. Pluto is not fixed. Uh, But the fixed, there's a fixed, there's some like, how do I, how do I put it? It's like there's a, when it comes to power, 
resources, violence, control, and psychological warfare, so to speak, but also let's not forget that if your Pluto is in Scorpio, you should be very familiar with how Mars is, how, how is Mars being activated? Like follow the Mars transit, not just the moon on a daily basis. Because if you are a Plutonian, you do have to care about Mars and that that's an inner planet. That's something that you can look to that happens you know, um, Mars is not really, it's not as much like behind the scenes. Unless you're on Mars in the 12th house, <laughs> then you, you probably relate to the Pluto in the 12th house people as well. There are dreams where I've seen a text message being typed and then I receive that text message from the same person who, who was in my dream. Like someone that is in the past or someone who is in the present. It's happened both ways with me, but in the dream, I see a text message being written, but the energy is not sincere but I know what the message says, and then I wake up and I write it down. And I know it's only a matter of time. I like to do a three, six, nine thing, so for me, I'll intuit, and sometimes I'm not right, but I'll try to, you know, it's like a way to test and, and practice your own intuition, so for me, I'll I'll uh, take my best gut instinct guess. And I'm usually not that far off, and sometimes I'm right on the nose. Um, but yeah, like things have happened in my dreams, and then I'll be like, okay, like I'm gonna give that three weeks, three to six weeks. I'm gonna give that three to, three to six months. That'll probably happen. And at least six months and then maybe it happens in like four months but I, I know that whatever I'm intuiting subconsciously there's something I'm obviously working through and there's less blocks when you're asleep and so I know like oh okay like let's let's get clear even though getting clear can be so fucking violent with Pluto in the 12th house um <clears throat> Without clarity, your health is affected in a very dramatic fashion. It's Pluto. Pluto's dramatic, but it never misses. It will not miss. It hits the mark every fucking time. It doesn't care about how you feel. It needs you to give a fuck about the emotion because the emotion is the target. And if you're not doing something you should be doing... The Pluto energy is like, okay, bet. You know, and there's like a direct hit, a direct attack on that. 
memory and the part of your body that is remembering that memory and so on and so forth. And so it's like this really dramatic demand coming from a otherworldly, not so obvious uh, space, you know, that you can touch. You can't touch where Pluto is. It's not, you know, you rarely can see it ever. Pretty sure you can't see it with the human eye. Obviously, you use a telescope, but you, I'm pretty sure that's not <laughs> like the outer planets you can't see with a human eye. Saturn, Jupiter, we can see those. But Neptune and Pluto, Uranus even, those are a little bit harder to see. You can see them, but um, anyways. Pluto is something you just don't see unless you have the telescope. <clears throat> so it's a planet in reality that you literally don't see. So it's very fitting that when it was discovered finally by a, by a human being here on Earth, it, in the natal chart of that, you know, it's sitting in the 12th house like, hey... It's about time, been here the whole time, but no one knows that I've been here the whole time. So like, thanks for stopping by. Good to see you, I've been seeing you for a while. <laughs> that's, that's a Pluto in the 12th house vibe. You know, hence the whole dream talk and stuff. So now, speaking from a Medusa ascendant point of view, There are high school experiences that really parallel the show Gossip Girl. Because we're talking about Gossip Girl was originally a book. And in my class, these girls actually read the book. I didn't even know about it. I didn't know there was a book until after college. So I was very late to sex, drugs, alcohol, party, all that, which is the Pluto and Scorpio generation vibe in terms of a cultural standpoint. Like, none of that was ever taboo to us, and it was to the generation before us. Well, maybe not them, but more so our parents. Um, and so we were very uh, Plutonian about that shit. Like, okay, yeah, the drugs exist. Like, what are we going to do about it? Like... I'm either going to smoke or I'm not going to smoke. I'm either going to try that or I'm not. I'm either going to go to the party and have sex or I'm not, you know. And if you don't want to fucking talk about it, then don't get mad if it happens. Because you're not even willing to look at it, to see it, to talk about it. You're not willing to come up with some kind of protection over the powers that be. You, as a parent to any person in Pluto and Scorpio generation, like you hopefully, but it's not common, had some sort of consistent check-in with your kids. 
because the video, like the violent video games that came out at the, like during our era, like the early 2000s, basically was like really where we're growing up. We all grew up in the in the 90s, like, you know, elementary school speaking, but teenage years, that's early 2000s for all of us. And basically 2000 to like 2012, we're all teenagers at some point in that time period. So, um, there were Plutonian influences and inventions with technology at that time. In society and culture, there were, there was, you know, Pluto is also about like obsession and that's where like beauty standards, you see a shift there. Um, just this weird obsession and desperate focus on being skinny, being malnourished, frankly, is really what the look was. And now, per usual, 20, 25 years later, the whole buckle fat, like, surgery that people are doing to their face, where they're trying to get that, like model who doesn't eat and smoke cigarettes and then dies because her heart can't fucking you know help her out anymore like that look is what people are going for you know these things that are in now just echo what we grew up with as teenage girls and the gossip girl show that came out at that time did the same thing and so if you didn't have people older than you helping you process how much you relate to the show for good or bad reason, then you were liable, not liable, but like you were innocently likely to take on, you know, the influence of rape culture because it's not like, I'm not going to sugarcoat this, but mainly because like Gossip Girl was a big deal. Um, the girls in my class like lived by that damn book I mean there were, I think there were like six or seven books but when the show came out the TV show came out when we were all in high school ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade and then it ended I believe in 2012 so some of us were in college when that show ended but um, we were also the generation that was kind of like not really wanting to go to college and trying to find a way to not take on student loans. And a lot of people who have those student loans are not where they were promised to be with their degree. And I mean, there's a lot that goes into why that could be the case, but it's so common that you, you, you know, you see Gen Z like unless they absolutely know that they need a degree to do what they really love to do and what they're good at, what they want to make money doing, they're not going to go to college for it. Obviously, if you're a doctor, you have to go to college. Um, If you want to be a surgeon, like, you obviously have to go to college. Or a university. You need need a a degree, not college, but you need to get a degree. However, that process works for you. Um... Those of us who saw the TV show, 
whether you were rich or not, whether your parents had money or not, like a lot of money, a regular level of money, whatever that is, or if you were like below the poverty line, it really like either way, that show was attractive to teenagers at the time of different backgrounds. Um, It pissed off a lot of us who didn't exhibit the character and the attitude of the people on the show, like the characters of the show, but yet the actors did a pretty great job and actresses did a pretty stellar job at conveying um, their right to be a teenager and empathized with essentially I mean every there is so much about every character on that show that really pisses everybody off which means like it's a good tv show like it did it did its job these are kids of the opulent upper east side new york city uh wealth like they're they're rich rich you know like dumb rich like unnecessarily rich you have too much money, you don't know what the fuck you should be doing with it, rich. Likely not giving to any charities type of rich. You know, that that's... The, the TV show took on that energy. The creators of the OC, if you've ever seen that, are the ones who created this show. After the books came out, when I was in middle school. Now, for me... The pressure to have sex, the pressure to not react when someone was telling lies about me having sex when I was in middle school, in high school, in college, the whole time, a whole virgin. There's a lot of Medusa experiences that start happening around for for any girl, like regardless of your birth chart, for any girl, I mean, as soon as puberty hits and there's enough of a change in your body and your physiology and and your facial structure and um, your body type starts to develop, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot going on there for, for both genders, but especially early 2000s, 2008, 2006, 2005, um, there's really never a perfect great time for girls to grow up, so let me just put that out there. But I will say, um, it's almost like we just didn't even have a chance to develop a healthy body image. The bombardment of absolute destructive physical and mental habits showing up in people's bodies and people's faces and you know the the whole lack of taboo around drugs and alcohol and selling drugs and drinking underage and having sex too early for no reason just to do it and I guess maybe with millennials we had like sexuality was just in general like a whole thing like Less people really gave a fuck about you being gay, even though there was always going to be those people, those brats that were going to have a huge fucking reaction 
if they found out you were gay, it was like a whole fucking thing. So there's some mixed experiences along the way. But in general, this obsession to define people based on a very, very slim metric, like a very slim, uh, what, whatever constitutes as beautiful, as fit, as healthy, it just like wasn't there. So all of it was fake. And ironically, the Pluto and Scorpio generation knew that. We could see through that. We knew that. We were still affected by it. We're teenagers. We don't control the media. We don't have a, a say with that shit, you know? So it domineered everything. It was, it was is, that an, is that a word? It dominated everything is what I meant to say. And uh, that vibe, everything I just said is in Gossip Girl, the TV show. So it, it's re- it really shouldn't be shocking as to why any of us, especially me, but I know I'm not alone in this. Like, it becomes like a way to show people if they don't believe what you really dealt with. It's like, watch that show. There are girls who actually did that shit to me in real life. So whatever you're seeing on that show, like that was real life for me. Because the girls in my class in middle school and high school were fucking obsessed not all of them, obviously, but the mean girls. They took a liking to that show for reasons that made them feel comfortable and they accepted the fact that they were bitches. Apparently, because it didn't make them stop. It didn't make them self-reflect. So that's the danger of like empathizing with... <sighs> I don't like terming people as good and bad, but like when you empathize with like a genuinely bad person who's doing bad things or maybe just a person who's doing bad things is how I should say it then you've got an attitude that doesn't really get examined you're simply saying oh I'm like Blair Waldorf I'm like Serena Vanderwoodson and what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking is okay so I should keep bullying this person or I should keep Um, talking down to someone that I believe is powerless because I have money or whatever the fuck was going on in the show. The first episode is really all you need to watch. So I will release another episode of the podcast where we just go into Gossip Girl and I explain and express the Medusa vibes and share a little bit about what I myself have been through but before that happens I definitely suggest you watch the first episode of Gossip Girl 2007 it's on HBO Max what they now call just Max and I believe you can also like rent one episode on uh, YouTube. Everybody has YouTube, right? So you could just go on YouTube, type in episode one, Gossip Girl, and it will pop up. But it's the 2007, the original show. Because what's really being discussed here is a generation of young teenagers growing into their 20s 
going through high school and this show is going along with us on the same timeline and the people playing those characters you know per usual are like 20 21 22 we are not we are like 16 17 18 15 14 um but it all goes back into the medusa myth it all goes back into the themes that come out of that myth that are very real in in the lives of the youth that grow up on this planet and i know i'm always talking from this american perspective but i mean unless you live in another place for a good amount a good chunk of years you don't actually know what the youth is dealing with so you can only research so much before you really know for real for real what's going on because if you're like not actually in that city where those french teenagers are growing up or those egyptian teenagers are growing up or those lebanese children are growing up like then you just really don't know right unless you know someone or you have family in different places or whatever um so for sure i'm just i've got the american perspective and this is a very american tv show this is yeah um but the medusa myth for my pluto and scorpio generation really exemplifies that pluto in the 12th house stuff i talked about earlier and it also really gets into this medusa in the tarot which is the high priestess which is also a 12th house vibe as well a piscean thing too medusa experiences in real life are a mix of that rape culture sexual assault misogyny 101 um, power dynamics over the youth who are not even adults yet who don't have because of age you know they they don't have certain they have human rights but like they don't have there's a lot you don't have there's a lot you can't do anything about um other than tell the truth about what you're going through and for those of us who did not grow up as a mean girl who did not like maybe you grew up with money uh i certainly did um but all my friends did not like some were lower middle class some were upper middle class some were neither you know and uh I, I could tell that people, like on a soul level, it was very clear that um, when people would come over to my parents' house, the impression they got before they even entered the house was like, oh, you're nothing like this. Because people's impression of money creates um, assumption like that people go off people make big sweeping statements in their mind before they 
really like meet someone or have any experience you know what I mean so like if they I mean I grew up slightly ignorant of the money that my my parents were actually making first of all but they also made it very clear like this is not your money like this is the money we make to provide for you so it's not yours and you are not wealthy we are you know it very um there are boundaries and like don't be a brat about it don't brag about stuff like just because you have this you should assume that most people don't like once in a while they would if they felt the need like they would um you know if they were worried about how their money or power was going to be perceived they would let us know me and my brothers like hey like when you go back to school like don't tell people that we were were in Paris because it's 2008 and the market fucking crashed and like the reality is most people can't just fucking do shit and go wherever they want you know what I mean like so there were there were little moments like that where as a teenage brain you're like okay like yeah I naturally am not a a brat but yeah I, I, I see what you're saying I wasn't even thinking about that but yeah okay no worries like I'm not gonna write on my Facebook like oh I was in Paris and I'm just so amazing and everyone sucks but you know like that wasn't my fucking personality then it isn't now um but they they were just trying to convey like have some some financial awareness of like the privilege and the rarity you know that money more money gives and brings but then the distance it can create if you start to let it make you behave like a brat and the gossip girl tv show is basically a bunch of brats um now the folks that are like not as wealthy on that show those characters they are also bratty you know it's teenagers teenagers go through a brat phase like the hormones are insane at all times um it would be weird for you to not have some form of a brat moment you know but at the core level it's clear who's actually mean because they find that to be empowering and they can control whatever they think they're controlling. And then people like me and my friend group who are just sort of like, okay, I mean, I don't know. Like, can't you just pick another girl to bully? Like, it's not working with me. So, like, maybe you should try someone else. Um, you know, you do your best as a Pluto and Scorpio generation to not succumb to the dumbass bullshit power dynamics that other people in your same era try to use to like loom doom over you at any given chance. But I do think my Medusa ascendant brought in a very um, terrifying hyper focus on my appearance, my body. Uh, There was not a day where someone was not asking me why I look the way I look, where I come from, um, why I have black hair, not talking about the color, but talking about race. Um, There was an unhealthy, odd, unrealistic, and frankly misdirected obsession over 
basically my existence. Like, so when I say that out loud, most people, based on their own issues, are going to, like, they have then and they still do now. They project their own shadow onto me and they want to talk shit about what I just said. I mean, this is why a Pluto and Scorpio person especially in the 12th house, like, you document everything because people don't want to believe you. They're not interested in believing you, just like the Medusa myth. So having Medusa on my ascendant, it just is, um, it's really too much because all of everything I've talked about in the last hour or so is, like, times 10 because it's the body, it's the ascendant, it's my hair, my chest, my arms, my hands, my legs, my everything, just everything. Everything that's physical about me is constantly commented on. But that's already happening in the media and that's already portrayed in the TV shows and what you should look like is already in the dialogue between characters and it goes on and on and on and on and unless you have a maturity about you and your brain and your identity um this shit affects you on a deep level. Regardless of what school you went to as a teenager in 2005. You know, like the show, everybody knows the show. More people than not. Every, people fucking know about it. They do. And um, what they don't seem to understand is things that actually happened in that show which is probably why I watch it so often, is because it's, there's a weird nostalgia and like a comfort, but it's coming from a place of validation to be like, that, that right there, that whole scene right there, that actually happened to me in seventh grade in the cafeteria. And that right there, that actually, you know, because human beings rarely validate what I, like the reality I lived through. Um, Again, Pluto in the 12th house. Most people are just like, what? No, that didn't happen. And then it's, it's rarely like, oh, let me support you immediately. It's like, let me question uh, your sanity. Let me question your proof. Oh, you don't have proof? Well, bitch, there's not a way to get proof about the type of fucking shit that's going on. And they're like, oh, well, maybe you're nuts. Maybe you're crazy. Maybe you're, you know. And God forbid they find out I'm born in June and then they attach the Gemini bullshit onto me. And I'm like, okay, okay. Great. Like the amount of bombardment, beratement, and abuse from other teenage girls who were not Geminis, by the way. It simply never stopped. Um, so the, there's a lot of character assassination that goes on with technology, with Facebook, with, um, I mean, nowadays it's probably TikTok and Instagram, maybe probably more so TikTok, but in real life, when all you had was the flip phones, 2007 Gossip Girl was the reality of my private school, high school, middle school experience. The Mean Girls acted so much in alignment with these characters on the show that on Facebook, they would change their last name to the last names of characters in the fucking show. And then I would show up to high school 
and they would behave like a character that they are not or that they feel reflected by. Either way, the mean girls got more mean. It was like ammo. They felt invisible. And for me, I'm like, nobody is, I'm not camouflage, and you certainly are not. You know, but I wasn't watching the show growing up. So I put this all together later when I matured and had sex for the first time in college. And then eventually I found my way back to that show. And I was like, oh, like it's starting to make a little more sense for me. I didn't understand the appeal in 10th grade, but I get it now. So it's understandable from my point of view and my personal experience I use that show for straight up therapy. And I have one friend of mine who, who knew me, okay, this dog, who knew me in ninth grade. We met in ninth grade and, um, you know, we protected each other because we both went through this bullshit. You know, we would hear a rumor and then we would joke with each other like, LOL, you know, um, I heard you were doing this and we would just like crack up and pretend like it happened just to like fucking deal with it and be like, oh, well, you know, I mean, that's me. Like, haha, yep, I'm just such a fucking slut. Like, whoop, caught me. You know, and meanwhile, we're fucking virgins and like, we don't know anything. Like, we, we don't, we don't even understand the language that is used to talk about whatever like we're just like not there (laughs) so this show really inspired really really mean like boys and girls to have a gusto they didn't have before it made it worse it was already bad but it made it worse and uh i'm sure if there are any 18 or 19 or 20 year olds listening to this that shit doesn't stop just because you go to college you're still in your youth, so everybody still acts like a fucking mean girl if they're a mean girl. If that's who you are, that's who you are. You're going to act like that. If you don't want to be like that because you have some self-awareness and you want some, I don't know, you, you want to actually be empowered instead of like pretend like you're powerful, then, then I guess you won't be mean anymore. But I'm going to leave it at that because, uh, like I said, I need to eat breakfast. But we'll talk about, you know, Medusa a little bit more, part two. I have so many notes, so many notes. Yeah. Depth psychology, misogyny 101. My real life experiences are honestly just as crazy as that TV show. And that TV show is really fucking crazy. Um, you know. I'm halfway through 30, being 30, being alive for 30 years, and I have experiences that go as far back as fifth grade, at least in my memory, you know? And just like healing and just like Pluto, even in the chart of Pluto, to bring it all full circle, just because you found out and you figured out that something was there, that Pluto was there, doesn't mean it wasn't there before you fucking figured it out. It had to be going on. Its existence didn't happen the day you happened to find it. 
right? So it's the same thing with your trauma. It's the same thing with your healing. It's the same thing with a, with a wound you can't even pinpoint because you don't even know where it is. But if you're looking for it and you want to be fixed about it, which is very Scorpio, it's very Pluto, it doesn't mean that the experience of pinpointing it isn't going to feel erratic as fuck, crazy, weird, shocking, life-altering. So there's a lot to be discussed with Medusa and the Gossip Girl world of being a Medusa ascendant or if you have her on your sun or if you're a sun conjunct Pluto or if you're a Plutonian alien construct like I mentioned earlier. There's a lot of Medusa in film, not just TV. She's in video games like I mentioned in uh, Medusa part one, but you know, there's, there's uh, much to be discussed. <laughs> it's really endless. Like you can, uh, the fixation on the modeling industry, the education system, the workforce in general, and like women just having a job and then dealing with misogyny there or obsession of someone who finds you attractive and can't fucking do anything about it because deep inside, they're just not a good person. And you have to find that out as a Medusa person. You you find that out because they actually attack you at your job. Like, there's a lot of women who deal with that. I've dealt with that. But there's women who have dealt with that, and they may not know if, you know, where Medusa is in their chart, but it just goes to show that there is a connection with astrology. There's a connection with how things are transiting, right? Like Medusa is transiting my seventh house. And I'll get into this more, but I guess I'll leave it here. Um, She's been transiting my seventh house and I talk about it a little bit in Medusa one, but The character assassinations, <laughs> when Medusa is transiting a relationship house, a public house, not so much a personal house, a house that has a lot of um, attention on you and other people, or you in connection to other people, or you... Um, being visible especially when it's going through the seventh house because I can speak from experience it's happening right now like my character gets assassinated and this is a very 12th house Pluto thing but I'll get into it because it goes into the gossip girl world of being a Medusa ascendant and having you know misogynistic experiences with other women and men you know, it's just, uh, it's weird. It's weird how intense someone's shadow and how far that intensity will reach into the lives of people who have nothing to do with your issues.
As I said before, though, what is Medusa doing from the beginning? She's minding her business. Either in, you know, the Greek myth, as a Gorgon, born from other Gorgons, just minding her business, being a Gorgon, doing Gorgon things. And in the Roman myth, minding her business at Athena's temple, being devoted, being a virgin, minding her business. The innocence that is not respected when someone wants something that that person doesn't want, when you experience outer forces, people outside of your reality, your life, you know, doing a lot of uh, focused, like they're focusing their attention so much on you mind while you're just minding your business. Um, it's It can get scary. It can get violent. This is Pluto. It can get scary. It can get violent. This is the Medusa story. She's raped. She's stalked. She's her character is assassinated. Her story is told for her, which means the truth is never told. There's no accountability for the people who are bullying and abusing her. Um, those people are the ones who tell the story, so they stay in power and they control the narrative. So all of that, that's been happening in my life um, all 2023. I mean, really, before 20, like 2022, but it's more than just one person. And they think that I don't know. But I knew before they started keeping my name in their mouth. I don't... Well, I, I do understand how the mechanics of it function, but I don't... Like, even when I find out, it's usually, like, years later. Someone, every time someone says something. And I'm like, yeah. Like, I, I know. Like, I knew, I knew that three, four, two years ago. Like, I already knew that, but no one was believing me. I said that that's what that person was going to do. And it wouldn't just be me that they keep as ammunition to distract from what they're already doing, which is not being who they really are. They already hate who they are, but it's not necessary. Don't pull me into your dramatics like it's going to help you. Pluto doesn't care about your feelings. Medusa had nothing to do with the feelings Poseidon had. 
with the feelings, let me rephrase, with the feelings of a rapist. I mean, that's what it is. So I have nothing to do. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Minding my, I'm minding my business. But character assassinations are not new to me. They've been happening since middle school. Gossip Girl world is not my whole world, but it is that show and the the deeper layers of, of it, not so much the surface, but there's parts of the surface that are like involved. But as an adoptee, I, I'm very distanced from the financial reality my adoptive parents provided. I'm distanced from it. Um, and I just, I understand the relationship between power and money, control and money. So I had a special way of seeing through the motives of mean girls who had parents that had money and they didn't know that my dad knew their dad and how their attitude toward me changed once they figured that one out. They figured that out before I knew. My dad was very sure to not tell me certain things because I'm a teenager. Like, it shouldn't matter. It's not my focus. I'm trying to not fail history. I'm a little busy trying to make sure I can get a B in math and graduate and shit. Like, I'm not busying myself with your lies that you tell about people who have nothing to do with your self-hate. A lot of mean girls are very, very good at convincing people of a lot of things that don't make any sense, that are not accurate to the impression they're trying to sell you. They are not a friend to themselves. They just talk. It's gossip. Girl. World. My friend and I, my friend from, from ninth grade, we are still friends today. And um, we're very well versed in the power dynamics and the little techniques that girls like this use and guys like this do the same thing. The boyfriends of girls like this, the husbands of girls like this, women like this, men like that, all of it, right? Like the parents of women like that. Everything, 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 everything. It's Pluto, right? Like there's a million layers to one fact. That's why the truth, like I mentioned before, with Pisces and Scorpio, that's really what matters. How we get to that is going to be different between Scorpio and Pisces, but to have Pluto in the 12th house, which is the home of Pisces, trust me, there's nothing I didn't already see before we shook hands. But it requires a very, very, very committed healing on a daily basis, like you got to figure out what you want to do to balance out all this metaphysical, unconscious, dream, you know, stuff. Because it, it, it can make anyone go nuts. You know, you can have like multiple psychotic breaks and like nobody knows. And you can like tell people, but they're, they're just like, oh, I don't know how to make sense of that. 
they, they don't know how to relate. They don't, even, they don't even know what that really means um, or what it is that you need from them or something. So you're just like, I, I, it's basically just me. Just got to figure it out. And then everybody comes to me to figure it out for them. That's why like 12, Pluto in the 12th house is, is like a very monk type of life. Like the high priestess card and the woman on that tarot card. And, you know, you're like, you are that, that, that you, like a 12th house in Pluto and, and Medusa herself. Like she is a version of the high priestess card, but she's also not trying to be that busy with, everyone's shadow because like I'm not alive to um heal your inability to respect me like I'm just not going to give in to that energy I I will acknowledge it though I definitely will acknowledge it and I will maturely just not be available I mean, it's like, you already know what you're doing, so you don't think that I already knew that you were going to do that? It's it's just, it's very weird behavior. Um, but it is all very Gossip Girl. All of it. All of it is very Gossip Girl. And teenage girls more maybe than, well, teenage boys do their own misogynistic bullshit, but it's express very differently and the control tactics are are different um even if they're going for the same objective the stories i have whew, it's, it's story time next episode i know this is two hours so i'm just gonna stop because i've already said i wanted to make breakfast and i still haven't eaten so we shall discuss you know misogyny, crime and punishment, beauty and trauma, power structures. You know, what does it mean to actually be unique, original, or different in the era of 2007's Gossip Girl? And then with that, I'll share some some personal experiences that tie back to my Medusa Ascendant Life stuff and my Pluto in the 12th house stuff and uh, just the, it's a, it's a creepy, it's creepy. It's just a creepy world for anyone who has this placement. And if you have Medusa very, very pronounced on your sun, moon, or ascendant, It's scary. More than anything, it's it's mostly just terrifying. So tune in to episode eight. This one will be episode seven, but tune in to episode eight if you want to um, dive a little deeper into story time with me we'll probably be taking a walk this one i'm just moving around in the house moving around outside a little bit but yeah 
Okay. Ta-ta.